Welcome to Spin It, a business podcast that takes you into the lives of some of today's most influential leaders, entrepreneurs, game changers, athletes, and many more. On Spin It, we take a deep dive into the lives and journeys of our guests to deliver real, unfiltered, and unscripted conversations that will surely inspire hope and promote change. We focus not on their current success, but on the obstacles and challenges that they faced along the way that often doesn't get talked about. How they battled adversity, getting up and being knocked down when all of the odds were stacked against them. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Nathan Chan. Nathan's journey started off like so many other stories you hear out there. He got an IT degree because he believed it was the best degree to set him up for the future. He got an IT job and instantly hated it. He needed a break from the misery, so he headed off to Europe. While in Europe, he has an epiphany and makes the determination that he cannot return to the job he dreads so much and he must make a change. Fast forward. Nathan takes a leap of faith and bootstraps what we know today as Founder Magazine. He does this on less than $3,000, taking it from idea to inception in just four months. Today, Founder is much more than a magazine it started off as. Founder has grown into a digital content empire and serves as a major resource for today's entrepreneurs and business owners of the future. On today's episode, we take an intimate look into Nathan's journey and find out how he was able to turn several obstacles along the way into opportunities and ultimately find a way to spin his life in his direction. Nathan, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me again. I'm so excited to have you on the show and to learn everything that's new that's been going on with you and Founder. Thanks so much for taking the time to speak to me, Stephanie. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Great. Let's just jump right in. So tell us about you and why you started Founder. I started Founder March 2013, so it's coming on close to 10 years now, and uh it really started from a passion where I discovered that people can start businesses with no experiences whatsoever, no background in starting businesses, no background in anything to do with what you might be doing, and you can do some incredible things. So I started Founder because I started hearing these stories about people, like friends of friends, doing incredible things, starting these online businesses on the side or full time. And like, it was so crazy to hear some of these stories and how much money some of these people were making. So I started to go out and, and interview people for, for this magazine. You know, there was a long time ago and you know, we do so much more now, but at the time I started this little magazine on the side while I was working my day job, just doing interviews really to just find out how these people were starting online businesses. and. Uh, what I realized over time was this this information was so incredibly important. I needed to share it through the magazine and through our platform. And now we do so much more than that. Uh, and our biggest focus is our online platform around courses, where we're really trying to build one of the largest business schools in the world. But that kind of how I started Founder and what we're doing right now is still this idea of how can we find really successful founders, some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation, and get them to share their stories, get them to share their experiences and their lessons learned, and really break down how these people are starting businesses still to this day. And so, to be honest, Stephanie, I never did well in school. 
I never did well from a career standpoint before Founder. This is my first real accomplishment. I remember my parents used to joke that uh, with family friends, if, if things don't work out for Nathan, well, we can get him like a mowing franchise or a lawn mowing <laughs> franchise. So, Girl, thanks, Mom. <laughs> Yeah, I was never a big achiever whatsoever. And uh, yeah, as time went on, I've really developed this incredible vision and mission to build a large platform, one of the largest business online business schools in the world to help a lot of people at scale. And that's what really drives me. Incredible. So Nathan, this really hits home for me because I feel as though I was fairly successful. I grew up in Silicon Valley, ran very large companies, started my own company, grew it to a multi-million dollar company, international company. And when I got in the online space, completely different ballgame. And I did everything wrong probably twice, never focused on brand. Really, I thought that everybody would really want to understand what I did based on my successes and achievements, real things, not videos or not like, you know, just being able to announce I'm a business coach or whatever it happened to be. And so I really had a hard time competing. And so when I saw some of your courses that were coming out, I was like, wow, like Nathan really, really nailed it. These are people that have been there and done that. And they will speak about their failures. They will say you're not necessarily an entrepreneur and corporate's not bad for everyone. Talk to our audience about some of the people that are on the platform and what are your favorite things about them? Yeah, sure thing. So um, how we got into creating online courses, because let's be honest, Stephanie, a lot of people, a lot of personal uh, brands, there's a lot of courses out there, right? There's a lot of courses. And when, when I started Founder to grow it, I used Instagram. And uh, to this date right now, we have close to 4 million followers. It's been an incredible channel and platform to really grow the founder brand and, and to build the business. And uh, in the early days, I got 10,000 followers in two weeks. And then I think it was half a million followers in a year. And a lot of people start, I wrote this article, this blog post that went semi-viral, really breaking down that process. Uh, this is early days founder. And, and a lot of people started to reach out to me and they were like, hey, um, do you do consulting? And I was like, no, I I don't, I just want to grow founder. And they said, okay, well, do you, do you, do you have a course? And that's where I kind of got into to the course space. And, and what happened was I launched this course. It was a cohort based course before cohorts were cool. And uh, it was an <laughs> incredible experience. And what I realized when I stepped back from it was just, I was like, okay, wow, I can actually create a platform where all these people that we're interviewing for the podcast, for the magazine, and get them to teach and go a step further, go a little deeper, deeper than a book, deeper than a blog post, deeper than a, a podcast where you interview somebody and really unpack what their domain expertise is in what they're doing. And that's kind of what we've been doing ever since. So our first instructor on our platform four years ago was Greta Van Riel. So uh, her and I, she just so happened to live in Melbourne. Her and I met uh, via LinkedIn. She reached out to me and we became friends. And uh, at the time, she'd built four multi-million dollar e-commerce brands. And she'd won Shopify, built a business. Uh, she did all these incredible, crazy things, made a million dollars in a day. And when we surveyed our audience saying, what's the course that you guys would love to learn from us? Um, it, it, we, we segmented it down and it was 
how to start an e-commerce business before e-commerce was a big thing. And then it was like, then it was like, okay, well, who's going to teach that course? I was like, oh, well, Greta would be awesome. And then so the reason that we chose Greta is because one, she's a, she's a founder, she's a practitioner, she's actually doing it. And that's, that's what she's actually doing. Still to this day, she's just building more and more e-commerce brands. She's not focused on, on providing, uh, and like, uh, I guess, giving back except on our platform. And so she was our first instructor. Then we kind of moved on. And um, we have so many other instructors like, uh, you know, we, we just um, recently shot a course with a guy called Gerardo Perez on TikTok advertising. So Gerardo, he has over 300,000 followers on TikTok. He spent millions of dollars on TikTok advertising. And that's what his agency does. That's all he's doing, spending time on TikTok, working with brands, actually doing it in the, in the trenches, doing it. And that's kind of what we look for when it comes to people to teach and give back on our platform. And we're still still early days, Stephanie. Like we're just about to launch our newest kind of, I guess, product, which is called Founder Plus, which is an all-access membership pass to all of our courses plus so much more. Uh, you get access to all of our courses plus all of our community plus eventually what will be live workshops. We haven't launched that yet. And when we launch that in July and we're making a guarantee or, or basically a promise that you'll get one new course every single month. And these courses we spend anywhere from fifty to $100,000 plus to produce every single course. So we're going to produce that every single month. That's our promise. So you'll get at least 12 courses. It's an annual subscription. So to be honest, we want to get to one course a week and really scale out this platform. So it's still early days, but everything, the vision for the platform, not too dissimilar for the brand, is everything you want to learn, all the all the latest marketing channels, all the latest marketing trends, all the and even things around leadership, around hiring, around culture, around PR, all sorts of things that a lot of people don't even talk about, but they're critical business building activities. We want to find people that are actually building their business, that have actually done it. It's something they're passionate about. It's, it's their domain expertise and get them to give back to our platform. So it's a long-winded question, uh, long-winded answer, but I hope that answers your question. Absolutely. And Nathan, you know, one of my most favorite things about you is how you're consistently looking to add value. And it's never kind of wash, rinse, repeat with you. It's always innovation. It's always something new. And so for our listeners, I just recently, last year, as a favor to a friend, I actually recorded a course on scaling a business. And for all of our listeners who are, who are tuned in right now to Nathan, this is no joke because doing a course and recording it and doing it well, making it interactive, pausing, being proactive, really speaking to an audience that maybe you might be meeting in different areas. It's not an easy thing to do. And I really took it for granted. You just get in front of the camera and you start to talk about your expertise. And it's so not like that. Some of these courses won't be won't be really five hour courses, right? Like, I think our approach to online education is this idea of micro learning. So all of our lessons, you know, no longer than ten minutes each, extremely actionable. So pretty much after you finish the lesson, there's an action item. So you're actually progressing through the course. And over time, yeah, look, I think the way that that the industry is moving is a 
attention spans are getting shorter. I think there's a big movement around kind of bite-sized uh, learning and micro learning. So we want to double down on that. So like, oh, anyway, when I say we'll get to one course a week in the next couple of years, they might be just a one hour course or a two hour course or even a half an hour course where it's really kind of potent content where you can take a lot away, but you don't have to sit there in front of the screen for like eight, 10 hours, you know? Like it's different when you teach how to build a business, like for example, one of our best selling courses, Start and Scale with Greta, you know, there's a lot you have to do, right? Like we're, we're teaching you, uh, you know, how to do that step by step. And if you follow that program all the way from start to finish, you will have validated your product. You will have ordered your stock. You will have built a wait list of at least a hundred people on that wait list. You'll get a sale on your first day if you follow the process. But you know that obviously takes months and months and months, and you know there's mm. there's a lot of intricacies. But you can get there, and that's obviously an eight hour plus course. But it just really depends. So I think you really hit the nail on the head with the micro learning, especially now that neurodivergency is starting to become such a huge thing. You're talking to founders, you're talking to CEOs every single day, and the one thing they wish they had more time, constantly learning. And they can't necessarily sit down with a really, really long book, or they can't sit down and do a course, or they can't take off to that mastermind because there's just too much at risk. So micro-learning just seems truly like the trajectory that these founders are really wanting to go, that the demand is so strong. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's it. That's where we want to get to, and over time as well, we want to build our own custom platform where we can really innovate from a technology standpoint. You know, the vision is as well is once we really get into that side of things, uh, we can really onboard people in a way where we can ask them a series of questions and give them a customized learning journey tailored to what they're where, where they want to go. Um, and I think that Amazing. could be super powerful as well. So that yeah, there's a lot of things that we're working on that we're really excited about in that space. That's incredible. Nathan, tell me, do you think that everybody can be an entrepreneur? Yes, 110%. I think it's if you want it bad enough. And I think that's, that's the determining factor, right? Like it takes grit. It takes patience. It takes, uh, it, it, it takes this, this, this obsession to, to learn, right? Like I think that's so important. I think it doesn't matter your background or where you come from or your experiences or where you grew up, uh, anybody can be a, an entrepreneur, anyone can be a founder, anyone can be a business owner. At, at what stage, you know, like could you be the next Elon Musk? Probably not, right? Let's be honest, that guy, uh, you know, he, he's out of this world. But yes, you could be an entrepreneur, 110%. And uh, at Founder, you know, if you, if you consume well, any of our content, free or premium, I think over time, you'll start to see that. And I think that's really what we're all about. What's the biggest um, adversity that you face right now, Nathan, but also founder? Biggest adversity that I face right now, I'd say I've had a few. To be honest, uh, this past 12 months have been the most challenging in life and business. I've experienced burnout. I had to rebuild my whole leadership team. Yeah, I've really been challenged to really kind of develop as a leader and a CEO. I've had to make some really tough decisions around like how we can help more people at scale around the brand, 
You know, we're, we're changing our whole business model to subscription. That's the, not an easy choice, right? Uh, you know, subscription is, is going to be a really big challenge, but we're really excited about it because we believe that our product is much more beneficial to, to the world and also our community if we give an all-access membership versus purchasing one course. So, yeah, these, these are all, I guess, uh, adversities that I've faced, but at the same time, like, I know looking back, these will be my biggest blessings and, and like, you know, the best kind, like, poorly wrapped gifts. It's just like in the early days, I was sued, found I was sued for trademark infringement. At the time, it was really, really tough, but looking back, it was the best thing that ever happened for the brand. The company wouldn't even be called Founder, it was called something else. And so I changed it to founder for, to make that lawsuit go away. And now if you look at it, right, like even though we don't have the correct spelling on purpose for the brand, you know, our brand owns that word. Like there isn't a, a founder brand out there around entrepreneurship. And, you know, like we, we've been in the space for so long that we effectively in many ways on that word too. And what's so cool is the word founder is synonymous amongst entrepreneurship. And we have this opportunity to build this incredible brand that helps so many people. So yeah, I guess those are some of the adversities I'm facing, but at the same time, uh, they're challenges and opportunities that I uh, I think will help me grow as a leader and a CEO and, and a person. What's the worst piece of business advice that you've ever gotten? This is a good one. Never sign anything in perpetuity any legal, any contracts from a business standpoint, from my experience, this is my own personal experience, not to sign anything in perpetuity because you just don't, like every, every from my experience now, every contract should, should have an end term. Now I can't give legal advice obviously, but like that was bad business advice I got. I can't talk to the exact experience, but yeah, that, that was a good one. I wish so much that somebody said, me not not to sign anything in perpetuity and always have an end term for any contract so as you see yourself growing the platform yourself as a leader your entire management team and the company what's the one thing that you think you haven't really developed that you know if you had that kind of ace in the hole everything else would just be fluid and, and solid yeah definitely my leadership skills and and developing as a ceo so for a very, very, very long time, Stephanie, I've been a founder. And, mm. you know, I've had the title CEO because <laughs> no one else is going to do it or I couldn't afford anyone else. But, right. yeah, no, I, I need to really develop my leadership chops around rallying people, around motivating and inspiring people. I know I can be motivating and inspiring yeah. as a founder, but as a leader, as a CEO, that's... You know, those are things that are, are foreign to me that I'm really doubling down on, that I'm working hard on. You know, like we just implemented OKRs this year, right? Like, you know, it's a goal-setting framework for, for your listeners, which I'm, I'm sure you're aware of um, with the Silicon Valley, right? But, yeah, like these are things that I never thought about or really kind of I woke up at night and going, hey, we need a, a new goal-setting framework, but we need clarity. We need a, you know, a really strong Three, one year, the five, three, and one year strategy, and then link that that goal setting framework back. And how can we attack those goals? Like these are these are things that I'm learning and developing as a CEO. So I think that was that would be one thing for me right now that I'm trying to double down on as much as I can. 
So I think that's really interesting. And I think it's profound for our listeners because I often get that question, like in masterminds or like when I'm doing speaking events, so Steph, what's the difference between a founder and a, and a, a CEO? And I try to answer it as gentle as possible, but it is completely two different jobs. You know, one is, is visionary and fun and creative. And I'm not saying it's not stressful. It's very stressful. But the other one is scale, growth, metrics, tangibles. <laughs> and when you have that, you know, that kind of in and out, it's, it's a very difficult thing for your head to process because you get really excited about this over here, but then you're like, oh, I have to be the lead in executing this and motivating and rallying and getting people excited and inspiring them and showing up and impacting. And it's like, you just really can get to burn out really quickly. So I'm, I really appreciate you saying that. So Nathan, when you come into work, what's the very first thing you do? When I come into work, one thing I've been conscious of is I, I, I have this kind of mode when I'm in the office and I come in every day because it brings me energy to being around all of our team. I kind of have this switch on where I'm like in work mode and I go straight, I say hi and I walk straight to my laptop and then I just open up my email and just start going through things and, or, or, or you know, I'm, I'm probably going to, to a meeting because I, I work off my calendar. But one thing I've realized is I need to spend more time on building relationships, like, you know, the, the water cooler type relationship conversation. So now when I come in, the first thing I do is, is I try and come in a bit earlier and I try and catch up with people, see how their weekend was, see how their day was uh, the previous day or see what the, what's happening on the weekend, see how their family is. These kinds of things, that's, that's, that's a... Something I'm trying to be more conscious of when I first come in. I also, we have like a you know, mini TV screens and dashboards. I always look at the dashboard, see how we're tracking for the day. Uh, how, many, <laughs> how many students we have enrolled. Uh, soon will be how many members we have because we'll have a members target uh, around, you know, because we want hundreds of thousands of members for, for our Founder Plus platform, which will take time, right? Yeah. So, so I look at the numbers. I look at the metrics. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm usually trying to have a bit of a chat, speak to people in the team or in whoever, whoever's in the office. And then, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll usually be going to a meeting uh, first thing, usually. So, so Nathan, you know, one of the, our lines of business is I'm a performance coach and I coach CEOs all over the world. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a question. I want to hear, I'm dying to hear your answer on this. So introverted CEOs have a hard time with small talk. They have a very difficult time with the water cooler conversations. So, and I know as if you're being coached, I don't have any idea, but as you're going through your own leadership journey, is it really hard for you to sit at the water cooler and talk about the weekend or how, how like what's going on for other people's life? Not because you're insensitive or not empathetic, because I find you to be extremely engaging and you're always helping so many people, but just to get to a point of inspiration and impact and empathy, is it difficult for you to slow your brain long enough to have a conversation that may not be revenue generating or business building or platform building? How do you feel about that? Yeah, it's, it's a really great question. My gut tells me that I, I'm totally fine with it. Like I, I, I have no yeah problem like, like talking about small talk or, or getting to understand what's exciting for that person right now. And that's because I really like the people that we work with. And I think that is so, so critical, exciting. right? Like, you know, you spend so much time at work 
and I think, uh, you know, I spend a lot of time on Twitter now as well, and, and it's sort of really cool to learn from some of the really smart people on there. And I was reading someone talking about, like, kind of when, you, when you're building a startup or you're building a company, it doesn't matter what problem you're solving. It, it, what really matters is the people that you work with and, and, and the strength of that team. And that's what I'm really focused on as well at the moment is, is how do we build an extremely high-performing team uh, like uh, you know, with high-performing leaders, and I think when I think about like coming into work and the people that I work with, these are all awesome people. And they're fun people. We have a laugh. I love how I have a laugh, and so you yeah, know, I'm I'm genuinely curious around uh, that that person. What excites them? What's interesting to them? Uh, how how their week weekend day has been? So. No, for me, um, I don't. I don't struggle with that because I really love the people that we work with, um, and uh, I'm just a genuinely curious person. So on camera, when I'm or on, you know, on the microphone or whatever, when I'm doing interviews, that's coming from a genuine curiosity. So that curiosity still I take with me everywhere I go. You know, whether I'm in an Uber, uh, whether I'm you know at a bar. Not that I won't be in a bar, but you, because I'm engaged, like but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. But I get, I, I, I get my point, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's really, I mean, I think that I've been starting to ask that question more and more because a lot of times people have a hard time getting to the genuine conversations just because it takes time to develop relationships and it takes time to be really genuine and let your, your team feel your authenticity and your vulnerability and to connect. And I just think that's one of the things that you've just done really well. Yeah, well, look, to be honest, Stephanie, for a long time, I was strictly business, right? I was strictly business. Like, I, I come in, I'd be really, really focused on on the task at hand, right? Like what you were alluding to, yeah. right? Um, yeah. But as time has gone on, and this has only been something that I've recently learned because um, we've got a, a really solid leadership coach in, is starting to work with myself and a leadership team is high performing teams have high levels of trust and to build high levels of trust you need to have real conversations and, and you know part of having yeah. real conversations is what you talk to being vulnerable connecting truly connecting and that that's you know i think for, for me i want to build a high performing team with high amounts of trust with really strong leaders that are, are creating other leaders in our team and and just yeah just cool people you want to work with and have fun right like it's not all fun but like uh like i said you spend most of your life at work so why not want to build why, why not build an environment and a culture where you know people really like working together and we all respect each other and we're all high performing team and we want to win so that's kind of a what do you think the top three qualities are in a strong leader? I think the ability to inspire and rally. I think being able to listen. I think I think that is so critical and key. And really to develop, to be able to develop people, to 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 create more leaders. I think I think that is so critical to be able to develop other leaders and other people so then they can go on to develop leaders, I think that's a that's an incredible skill that I yeah, I'm not there yet, but I'm I'm working towards hopefully. Have you recorded your own course yet? 
Look, I have two courses on our platform. <laughs> and, and I'll, what are they? Tell me what they are. This is a good story. So true to kind of our ethos around, you know, we have this ethos around with like when we choose instructors on our platform, we talk about gurus uh, versus practitioners. So we, we want practitioners, people that are actually doing it. So true to kind of that whole ethos, Obviously, there's the Instagram course, our first ever course. I've updated it like 10 times now over the past four. Every time they change their algorithm, you're recording. <laughs> 100%. So, so obviously, I think I'm qualified to teach that. I've uh, you know grown founder um, somewhat with, with Instagram. I, I've helped my fiance grow her business. That's a you know, million dollar a year plus business. In a totally different industry niche in e-commerce. So I think I'm qualified to teach that. Uh, and then the second course I, we taught was on our platform, not every single online business model, but a lot. We have, I think, four or five different business models that we teach if, if you want to you know, learn. And we've got practitioners for each. You want to know how to create a, you know, a SaaS product or a software product in the early days mm. and how to validate mm. it. We've got um, the co-founder of a company called Big Commerce, which is a, you know, a, a multi-billion dollar year company. Uh, not multi-billion dollar value startup. Um, I don't know what their revenue is, but it's in the hundreds of millions of ARR. They're listed on the NASDAQ, they're competitive to Shopify. Um, so the, the co-founder taught that one. Then we've got a course on how to create your own e-commerce business, which is Greta. We've got a course on how to start your own digital agency, which is D Deng. He has his own agency, 120 person agency. Um, we started four years ago. Then we also have a course on how to freelance, how to become a freelancer and use your skills. That's with Daniel D. Piazza. And then we have one more course, which is another model, on how to create your own education business. And that's me. So I teach that as well. Just our frameworks. A lot of people want to know how to monetize their knowledge, how to create a course. So we actually have a course on how to create a course. It's super meta. I didn't really want to teach that, but it's, you know, we're going to have hundreds of courses on hundreds of different topics and that one I felt qualified to teach. So, you know, we've produced a lot of different courses at Founder. We've got a framework on how to create a great course, how to sell a course. So we've actually taught that program. I've taught that program as well. So Nathan, back in the early days when you were able to get Richard Branson and Ariana Huffington to say yes, how did you do that? What was the process? Like, first of all, why them? And then how did you get them? So, yeah, gee, a long time ago now, thinking back. <laughs> it was like, what, eight, nine years ago. Uh, so much has changed. So Richard Branson, I got him for the seventh edition of Founder. So seven months in, monthly magazine. And four months in, after starting it, I got him. Uh, I got him to agree to an interview. Uh, so the way that I did it was um, a few key things. One, I found the phone number and contact details for his head of PR at Virgin. And two, I emailed and called. But most importantly, called. There's a lot of power in, in calling. It's so easy to hide behind emails. And then three, when she eventually picked up the phone, even though I was nervous, even though I was stumbling, and I'll never forget, I was living out of home in my first share house. I was 24, 25. And she was just about to hop onto the tube in London on the train station. 
She said, I've got like a minute. And I gave her my pitch. I was really stumbling. And she said to me, hey, Nathan, like, please understand, we get 10 to 20 requests like this a day. Um, shoot me an email. It might take me a while to get back to you, but I promise I'll get back to you. And in the email, I shared the fact that Richard Branson's first business venture was a student magazine. And that was what I was creating, like not a student magazine, but a magazine for entrepreneurs and founders. So that was kind of how I was able to, to get Richard Branson on the front cover. And yeah, thankfully he agreed to an email interview and uh, it was a Q&A and we took it and ran with it. And that was really, really an important part of our journey and story. Then with Ariana Huffington, she was the 17th edition of Founder. So over a year in, and funnily enough, I just emailed her. I didn't even need to call her. I emailed her and she said yes. And um, yeah, she was really lovely. When she come to Melbourne to launch one of her books, I actually met her in person. I, uh, she invited me as a guest, as a, as a, as a her personal guest to speak uh, to, uh, um, I think she was speaking at a, a West Farmers Group conference. I'm not sure if you're familiar with West Farmers. It's a large. Um, yes. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So, so she was speaking at that conference in, uh, in the city at uh, in a conference uh, area in Crown, which is a, a big casino here in Melbourne. And, and they wouldn't let me in. They wouldn't let me in. <laughs> And uh, they said, oh, we don't care who, who Ariana's guests are. She can't just ask people to come to this. This is a private only event only for staff. So I couldn't get in. And uh, then I just emailed her and said, hey, I can't get in. I'm sorry. Uh, it would have been great to meet you. And then she said, oh, you know, um, a friend of mine in Melbourne is having a you know private uh, dinner or get together. Would you like to come? And. And I, I said, yeah, sure. So I went to that and I met her uh, and all these other really incredible people. So, so that was an amazing experience. She was a lovely person. And so, yeah, that's how I got, got an interview with Ariana Huffington, just just emailed her and she, she was very responsive, very, very lovely person. It's funny, I was watching that uh, TV series with uh, Uber, um, with Travis, uh, I think it's called. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forget what it's called. <laughs> super super something but she's on it a lot and uh mm. yeah I, I was reminded of uh, those times wow so nathan if you could have anybody on the platform moving forward who are your top three people that you would love to have either teach or be somehow affiliated with their knowledge and their practice oh uh, look there's a couple i'd love i'd love uh to have elon musk uh teach or give back on our platform I think that would be a massive one. Warren Buffett, I think, would be a really cool one as well. And then, I don't know. I don't know what a, who a third would be. Not sure. don't know. But, uh, yeah, I think maybe Jeff Bezos. I think that would be a really cool one. don't know what he'd teach, but, yeah, I'd assume, you know, Warren Buffett would be something around investing uh, and, and analysing companies, buying companies. And then I'd say, yeah, Jeff Bezos and along with things around leadership. One thing I'm really excited about for us on our platform is is to not just, just have, uh, you know, the sexy topics, like, you know, how to start an e-commerce business, how to run TikTok ads, you know, really hot topics. I'm really excited for us to teach uh, and have topics around leadership, around, you know, hiring, 
talent, building an incredible culture. These are critical things when it comes to building a business that like are so key, right? Like businesses are built by people. Yeah. Um, you know, businesses are built by leaders. How do you develop as a leader? Like these are critical skills that you need. And there's so much stuff out there. Like I'd love for us to be just a really just kind of trusted go-to platform where you know, right? Like if you spend 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes a day, you will be better. You'll be a better entrepreneur. You'll be a better founder. You'll be a better CEO. And that, you know, that's that's a big ask, right? Like for anybody's time, for us, it's 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 a big undertaking to ask for somebody's time and their money to invest in our platform. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we've got, we got a lot of work to do. I'm excited by it. You know what's really interesting is that when I founded my first company, I was very young. I was like you, just very young, a single mom, the whole nine yards. And I just talked to people. We didn't, we didn't have enough money for like a big benefit system or like a big development team or any of those things. But as we grew organically to 600 plus, okay, in 22 global locations, I remember one of my friends who was some kind of big wig in HR, she made a comment and she's like, Steph, how did you get to 1% retention? And I was like, I was so embarrassed. I was like, what does that mean? And she was like, no one leaves. And I, I was like, oh, I just talk to people and I just find out like their senior managers or their GMs or their VPs, what's working, what's not working, how are they feeling when they're coming here, what's our development process. And she completely was like, how did you learn how to do that? And Nathan, I didn't even know how to respond. I was like, doesn't everybody do that? And she started showing me the retention rates in just the United States. I had just signed with Telstra, which was my first Australian company, which was an insanely huge, huge new gig. And I couldn't explain what my leadership style was or why my people stay for a significant amount of time. And after many years in developing this, like you were saying, after developing it and understanding and, and fine tuning it and honing it, all of these things... I, somebody asked me to teach it. They said, would you teach how you got all those people to stay? And I got, I was like, I want it to be amazing and incredible. And I want it to be the most amazing thing I've ever said. I just talk to people. I'm a constant and curious student. I want to learn. I have a ton of humility. I want people to feel like they want to be here because if they feel like they want to be here, then they're going to want to grow. And that therefore grows the company and human capital. And so a lot of what you say, I'm just, I'm, it so resonates with me. And I just appreciate you saying it to our listeners. I can't thank you enough. Well, you're welcome. Look, that is really impressive having a 1% retention. Yeah. It sounds like, yeah, you know what's going on. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun building. And now, you know, we're, we're continuing to grow. I can't thank you enough for your time. As you know, the entire show is based on obstacles into opportunities. What is the biggest obstacle that you've faced thus far? that you've been able to turn into an opportunity? You know what? I think the biggest obstacle that I've faced in building this brand is getting really, really successful, super time poor founders to give their time, to give back to this platform that we're building and then continue to build off that, to build the founder brand, which is still the, we're still in the early days of building the brand and, and I think there's so much we can do to take it to like whole new levels. So, but that's been a massive obstacle, to be honest. Like if I think about it, Steph, like what's really key about Founder is is we 
It is the people that we interview, the people that we work with to teach on our platform and to give back and to tell their stories. And that's that's what I think people know the brand for. And like we've been going through a rebrand as we speak, you know, as we launch Founder Plus and really kind of really focus our whole platform around the online education side of the business and really kind of the media side that's going to be kind of less not too dissimilar like hubspot is, is a great example you know hubspot's the crm okay, yeah. but but they have a big media arm uh, you know founder will be an online education platform but has a big media arm so not too dissimilar right but we're going to lead with our online course platform so i think yeah it's been a massive obstacle kind of to build this brand and to get people's time to give back um, and, and to continue to build the brand from, from the people that we interview. Because I think that's what we're known for. I think the brand is known for the stories we tell and the experiences we share from those people. Incredible, Nathan. Thank you so much for your time. And you've been so generous with, you know, all, all just everything that you've done as far as rescheduling and being so flexible. I just really want to let you know how much I appreciate you. Where can our audience find you, find out what's next for you and connect with you? For all of your audience... Uh, we'd like to give a, a free subscription to our magazine, digital magazine. So you can go to uh, founder, without the E, founder.com forward slash membership. And uh, you can sign up, get a free subscription to the magazine. And uh, if you'd like to find out more as well, you'll be notified when we launch uh, Founder Plus, which is our all access membership part. That's so generous. Thank you so much, Nathan. I can't wait to do this with you again soon in the future. Thank you so much, Steph. I really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to Spin It. If you enjoyed listening, don't forget to hit that subscribe button to be notified when a new episode is released. Also, head over to YouTube to check out all of the live videos on our new podcast channel, Spin It with Stephanie Malik. The best way to support the show is to leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. And if you want to hear more from me, hop over to Instagram and follow me at Stephanie Malik. That's Stephanie with a Y, S-T-E-P-H-Y-N-I-E Malik, M-A-L-I-K, or visit my website at stephaniemalik.com.